Okay, warning ahead. We're going to talk about children's theatre, but we're going to sound foolish, but please laugh with us and at us. So, children's theatre, revision. Where do we begin, Kelly Bowers? Well, we begin with the history. Um, and, of course, the place we're going to begin with is Russia. Uh, 1917, a key event that happened was the October Revolution. And that was all about changing the political system from an absolute monarchy, which meant that the Tsar at the time was all-powerful and reigned um, over the people, and uh, change it to a different kind of government, which was communism, a different political uh, institution. And that was all about what, Bridget? It was all about everyone being equal. You threw me into the political ah, stuff, don't you? I'm not very good with that. <laughs> so it's all about everyone being equal and everyone coming from an equal point of view and everyone working for the good of the state. And this is really interesting because it created a shared national identity, which meant that they all were working on the same page and working towards the same thing. So it's the understanding that we all want to work towards the same goal. And out of this came the recategorization of childhood. So kids were no longer seen as mini adults. They actually were allowed a form of childhood, which was quite new up until then. And that's quite a special thing. And you'll find that now, even in some third world countries, there's no form of childhood. Um, little kids will be working in sweatshops right from the age of four or five. So childhood is a very, very special thing and something that needs to be supported. Um, the reason for that wasn't just because they were all around good sorts, but actually because they had a political motivation. They wanted children out of the workforce because they'd been working in factories and things. And they needed all the men who had been away fighting after World War One. they needed them back in jobs. So that was a big uh, reason why they recategorised childhood. But childhood became uh, a time where children were seen as being vulnerable, that they needed to be protected. And as part of that, they needed to be educated. Children's theatre came from the goal of educating children. And that's where the really important word didactic comes in. Now, if you haven't heard your teacher say that, you've been asleep because it's one of the most important terms. Now, in the show notes, you're going to have a link to all the key terms that we're talking about. But didactic means that the theatre teaches the audience something. And it's really awesome to teach someone something when they're not actually aware that it's being taught. So it's education but it's entertaining. And so that's where children's theatre came from. So you might ask, what were they actually wanting to teach them? Well, they were wanting to teach them about communism, this whole new style of government, and why it was so fantastic. And they wanted to build the shared national identity. And they knew that children were a great place to start. Now, you use the term um, propaganda. Mm -hmm. Because it's effectively what it is. It was ideological indoctrination which is effectively brainwashing the audience into behaving a certain way and teaching them rules and ways of behaving them that suited the government. And one of the key things is they thought, well, if it's children, we need to base it on something that they know about, something that the parents will recognise, 
And the first kind of children's theatre was based on Russian fairy tales. Well, when you think about it, fairy tales very much have moral messages, don't they? Exactly. So if you think about Little Red Riding Hood, it's all about not straying from the path and talking to strangers who can perhaps eat you. So it wasn't that much of a leap to go from the telling of fairy tales to the enacting of fairy tales. Exactly. Now, after 1918, um, the Russian government decided that they needed somebody on the job and they asked a young girl who was only 15 at the time called Natalie Satz to set up children's theatre in Moscow. Uh, She did so and one of her first performances was Peter and the Wolf which has a very strong moral message about not lying. It also has a lot of music going along with it and so we're going to play you a little bit of um, Peter and the Wolf right now. Each character in this story is represented by a different instrument. The bird by the flute. The duck by the oboe. The cat by the clarinet. The grandfather by the bassoon. Represented by three hideous, nasty, ugly, smelly French horns. Scary. Peter is represented by the strings of the orchestra. And the rifle shots are represented by the timpani and the big bass And so, if you're sitting comfortably and you're all relaxed, we can begin. Once upon a time, early one morning, Peter opened the gate and went out into the big green meadow. So that was a little piece of Peter and the Wolf, which was composed by Sergei Prokofiev, who was a famous 
Russian composer, and the narration was written by Natalia Satz. And I believe that she was in the first performances the narrator. She was, yeah. So the narration and music, and the fact that it had a didactic message, she wanted to teach not only the moral message about Peter and the Wolf, but also about the use of different instruments to the children. Those things were all key features of children's theatre. And this was important because the Russian government, of course, wanted to get that... um, The message across to the audience, isn't it? It's engaging and there's a beautiful emotional tone in there and it was welcoming as you can hear in the voice of the narrator and so it makes the kids feel safe and at ease because it was probably the first piece of theatre that they'd ever seen. We take that for granted that perhaps children have seen a lot of theatre but in this case they hadn't. Also that it was specifically designed just for children as audience members and that was important. Always really colourful sets, really colourful costumes, really engaging so you didn't lose your audience. And this developed over time. Britain started developing children's theatre and that was sort of in the late 1950s under the guidance of a man called Brian Way. Theatre for young audiences is what they called it um, and that started because of a lot of research into child psychological development and they started to realise that the brain works in different ways and that little children will respond to different things and that informed their practice. What Brian Way realised is at his uh, theatre in London is that audience participation was a really key factor that engaged young children in their performances. Because they know that they're going to be called on or that their voice can be heard and the fact that they can actually interact with what's happening on stage means that they're going to be way more engaged. And this was during the 1960s when cultural revolution had happened anyway. Uh, Gender roles were challenged and society was getting, there was a lot more freedom. So there was freedom to change the type of staging. And that was really important in children's uh, in Britain because they realised through Brian Way that they needed to have theatre in the round to allow children to get up and jump on stage and participate much more easily than the traditional style of theatre with proscenium arch end-on style staging, which was up and raised where the actors had you know, a greater division from the audience members as children. And they felt way more part of it if they're close in proximity and they can feel that the freedom to jump up and to be involved in the performance is that their voice is heard. It's quite nice to know that you can do something and it can have that causal effect and then they can be more interactive and learn from it. Absolutely. And of course, little kids or any people really are much more engaged by doing rather than just watching. Um, And that's where it came from. Obviously, it was picked up by other countries and there are other things that popped out of it. But now we're looking at why children's theatre now? Is it still valid? So what is the point of us having children's theatre? Why can't kids just watch like adults theatre as well? I mean, what's the point of it? There's lots of research that talks about children's theatre, but it talks about that theatre makes braver, smarter and more empathetic humans because it allows you to experience feelings from somebody else's point of view. And the feeling is that now that there's way more pressure on you guys or any little people and we need a generation of people who can use their heads to be creative and solve problems and use your imagination. And so theatre, particularly theatre for children, fires imagination and it gives children the skills and creativity necessary to face the world and understand it and maybe even to change it too. Now, it's still didactic. 
but it's also inventive and very age appropriate and it teaches the audience without them knowing which is really really key it's a safe way to expose kids to difficult situations and show them firsthand how to handle these things. So you can show them a situation of bullying with a cow picking on a sheep. And you, they can teach them how that they, if they were the sheep, how they could deal with it. And then they can put that over into their own lives. So that's the basic introduction to the history of children's theatre. Now, in the next podcast, we're going to look at the acting styles and the technologies, the things that go along with it. But to see us out, here's a little bit more of Peter and the Wolf. See you later. The cat thought, the bird is busy arguing. I'll just grab her. Stealthily, she crept towards him on her velvet paws. Look out, said Peter, and the bird immediately flew up into the tree. while the duck quacked angrily at the cat. From the middle of the pond. The cat walked around and around the tree and thought, Is it worth climbing up so high? By the time I get there, the bird will have flown away. Grandfather came out. He was angry because Peter had gone out into the meadow. It is a very dangerous place, he said. If a wolf should come out of the forest, what would you do? And if you made it this far, congratulations. Just a reminder, check out the show notes. There's lots of links.